Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. I have on conference call with me today a friend and regular listener of Hello Health Today, Tess Sobo Mihin Marshall. She's here as part of our Leaders Under Fire series to talk about being a small business owner during the COVID 19 pandemic. Tess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to see you, my friend. By the way, you look fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I got dressed up just for you today. <laughs> <laughs> Tess is a race director and Atlanta running community leader. She has been organizing group runs, training teams, and road races since 2011 through Running Nerds LLC. Running Nerds offers a variety of road race experiences and distances and a weekly run group for all paces. Partnering with corporate, charity, and community organizations, Running Nerds has produced and directed over 175 races, large group runs, and training sessions. I'm so impressed with you, Tess. I can't even, I can't even tell you. Well, thank you. It's it's always weird <laughs> hearing a description of what we do because it it started out as just me going out for a run and saying, "Oh, this is really fun. Other should, people should join me." So to hear it like like described in that way is very surreal. You know, we actually originally met through running. Um, I don't know if you remember me coming up to Running Nerds at the the table. It was like maybe the MLK drum yes. run. And I was looking for you. Do you remember I that? I do remember. <laughs> I think you had actually sent a message through our the volunteer who was manning the tent and saying, has, has anyone seen Tess? Is Tess here? And someone came to me like, this woman's looking yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for you. I was looking for you because I had heard about your involvement with the race. And this was back in the race's inaugural year. What year was it? I'm uh, we, we launched in 2017 and then open registration for in 2018. Yeah. Okay. So this this really cold January day. And you've got me, I've just run the 5K or whatever distance it was that, that day. And I'm looking for you because I was like, do you need a medical director? Yes. <laughs> it's crazy times. It was so cold that day. What were you doing out there? Oh, the MLK Day race is always the coldest race of the year. I think we were all just, the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, this uh, this yeah. past year, the 2020 race did not disappoint. It was freezing, but it's always such <laughs> a, a joyous time. It's one of my first races that I do each year, um, so it's a it's a great time. So we kind of overlooked the cold, but yeah, it was freezing that day. I remember. It's so fun though, and the the drums that I always worry about their hands. For goodness gracious, yeah. they're so they're so cold looking, but they keep yeah. going on. on tempo. A lot of hand warmers that day. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I actually just had Dr. Kirsten Bendick on Hello Health Today, um, and she had been the director for the medical tent at mile six in the inaugural yes. event. Um, she did an amazing job that day. Um, what a fun event you put on. Yeah, so you put together an all-star squad uh, for our inaugural year at the race, and I can't thank you enough. I think I've probably you know, sung your praises to everyone, anyone who would listen, just you put a, an amazing plan, an amazing team, had me thinking about things that I had never had to think about as a race director. And I was so confident on race day that we would be able to handle any and every situation that would come. And, you know, your your legacy has lived on. We've, we've had uh, two races now and that medical plan is solid and we are confident. So thank you so I'm much so for that. I'm so glad. Yeah. Oh, it was my pleasure. Honestly, I'm the one who reached out to you. Remember, yes. it was such it was such a fun thing to put yeah. together and to think about. And we had such a great group of medical volunteers yes. out that early morning. You don't really know how to get up early, Tess. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, miss, I'm missing those <laughs> early mornings right now. I'll tell you. I, I think I'm going to set my alarm for 4 a.m. one weekend just to keep staying practice. Just, just bring old times <laughs> <Yep>. back. <laughs> set up some cones in my neighborhood. You know, just, you know, stay in practice. <laughs> Well, you've been doing this so long. So since 2011, 
really, what made you think I'm going to start uh, my own company and it's going to be called Running Nerds? Yes. So the, it's, there's a long story, but I'm going to give you the short version of how Running Nerds came to be. So I started my personal running journey in 2010. I signed up for 5K the weekend I moved to Atlanta. It was a Susan G. Komen race for the cure, which I think still happens to this day. And um, I signed up for that race. I did a 5K. It was my first 5K. And I remember like running the race and finishing and not really knowing anybody who ran. So I like I think I told like my brother and then my friend from like my old college basketball days, hey, I just did a 5K. And they were like, yay, way to go. So didn't run again. <laughs> that was uh, 2010. So 2011 in March, some friends said, hey, let's sign up for the Shamrock and Roll 10K. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'd only done a 5K up to that point. Didn't run again since then. Um, so we trained for the 10K and we ran the, the Shamrock and Roll 10K. So that was 2011. So it would have been around March. So literally the weekend after that, I really just enjoyed seeing myself get better as a runner because I'd never been a runner. I was a basketball athlete. And if you know anything about basketball players, we were the laziest athletes in the world. Like running, oh, running past the, the end zone is like our limit. So not well, true. You you played basketball in school, didn't you? Play I, basketball? I was I was a basketball player and coach um, and I played club basketball at UVA. So. But no, yeah, trust me, Carmen, yeah. we're some lazy athletes in terms of in terms of distance. You know, we'll get out there and hustle for a rebound. You know, if there's a, a, a basket to be made. We'll sprint ahead for the layup. But in terms of running like a mile or more, that was not, you know. So anyway, so I um, loved seeing myself get better. And, you know, I was in my mid 30s at that time and or early 30s at that time. And so, you know, I needed to find a way to, to keep myself in shape because going and playing pickup basketball was not going to be, you know, the, the long term goal. So um, I remember having the thought it would be so cool to start a run group because I wasn't seeing a lot of black women out there at these races that I participated in. It'd be so cool to start a run group and motivate other black women. And it was almost like the gods heard me say this and I was on Facebook the next day and I saw black girls run. They were doing a call for ambassadors. They were just starting their, their um, national chapters. Group. So I signed up if to you be, don't know about black girls yes. run. That is a fun, fun yeah. group of and women. an impactful group. Yeah. So I signed up to be a Atlanta ambassador and literally that was the decision that, you know how you say you have those life changing decisions, uh, signed up to be an ambassador and, helped to grow the Atlanta chapter to the largest chapter and really put Black Girls Run on the map as a national organization. Our Atlanta chapter grew exponentially in 2011 yes, to mm -hmm. 12. And then, you know, getting out to all these races, one day I was like, you know what, it'd be fun to put on one of these races. You know, I had this experience as a basketball coach and I knew how to like organize people and put on camps and things. So um, I made a decision to put on my first race in 2012 um, loved it. I think I had half the people who signed up for that first race. I probably signed them up. They were, they just got registration confirmations and Hey, you're going to run this race. <laughs> so, um, one day I hope to be, one yes. Yo, oh, yeah. You might, you might end up with a race confirmation for the race this year. So that's fantastic. Um, and so that first one went really well. And then that just kind of sparked another race. And then I started getting, um, inquiries from local organizations and charities about helping them to put on a race. So, you know, fast forward eight years later and, you know, Running Nerds, we have a series of eight races that we produce. And then we have about seven to 10 corporate and charity clients that we produce their races. And then we also do training and group runs and, and just continue to keep the community engaged. So, that was like the super short version of how Running Nerds came to be. Yeah. And, and the name yeah. Running Nerds is essentially when you start running, and you know this, Carmen, when you start running, you become super nerdy about it. You're like, you're, yeah. you know, when am I going to get out? And then you start worrying about your clothes. And then if you decide you want to travel and run, oh, that's a whole nother. So like everything becomes super nerdy. So that's where the whole name Running Nerds came from. And it just stuck. I have always <laughs> wondered that. Yep. Oh, it's, oh, well done. Well done. So I have to tell you that you really know about running and clothes 
the paraphernalia I have from the race, like being a legacy and like all the stuff you guys did to raise money to make sure that we could get that started. Um, that, those, that swag is, I, I towed it out all the time. I want you to know. I think, I think you have just about everything in the running nerd store, right? I mean, sorry, in the I, race I, store. Yeah. <laughs> in the race store. I, yeah. Cause so, so speaking of running nerds, yeah. uh, I think I definitely qualify. Yes. <laughs> you are, you are part of the definition. <laughs> that stuff is comfortable. It, oh man. I, I need some more. My husband stole my socks. Oh, for the I race, got you so covered. I have to like grab those. I'll get you covered. <laughs> So, you know, I, when I when I was putting together this set of uh, interviews for Leaders Under Fire for our, for our series, I th- really thought of you because I thought, you know, that here's this really wonderful woman, small business owner, and she can't get groups of people together. Like, the business model must be impacted. And I just wondered, you know, is Running Nerds adapting? What's going on this year? Yes. Well, thank you again, you know, for, for reaching out. And it was, you know, one of the, the calls that I was really excited. I think you, you might've texted me first and say, you know, just, Hey, how you doing? And it was actually during a week when I started to really think about like partners and relationships that we've created over the past eight years and how people were doing not only business partnerships, but other run group leaders and runners themselves. You know, you think about a lot of people, utilize running groups and races as a way to socialize and you know if you're a single person or if you're someone that lives you know in the outskirts of the city coming into the city to participate in a group run or a race that's your social outlet that's your your sanity and so you know one of the things that we have um really tried to do we started this campaign called stay active connected and positive almost immediately and I've been sending out um, motivational emails. Our social media content has definitely upped. You know, I was, you know, I always kind of kept my like Instagram and Facebook updated. You'd see something on there maybe once or twice um, in a month. But now every week and sometimes daily, depending on the different groups um, and the engagement, we try to keep messaging going. And then literally just reaching out to people, calling. I called all of my sponsors and partners that were slated for 2020 just to see how they were doing business-wise because a lot of them are small businesses and everyone's being impacted by the situation, whether it's because you're experiencing a decrease in engagement in sales. And some of our partners, they've had to ramp up production. We have one partner who produces um, body wipes and and you know to and hopefully you know this is a medical show so I can say this but butt wipes they're high high yes. end butt wipes <laughs> yes. and they um, talked to me about how they they can't keep their shelves stocked they can't keep inventory right now so just so many unique um, and another business partner who um, they make hair products so they've transitioned to making hand sanitizer because they have the the capabilities and the products to do that so um, you know that's I think. It is my responsibility as a running community leader and as a business owner um, to keep people active, keep them connected and keep them feeling positive as much as they can, you know. So, you know, as much as we can do during this time, that's what we've tried to do. I really value what that you've been able to do over the course of the life of Running Nerds. And I really admire adaptability as a leadership skill, actually. And I think I've said this to you before, but really with your ability to get people motivated to be active and to run together and to find common connections with each other, Tess, you are going to save so many more lives than I am. I'm so envious. You're just out there saving lives left and right. You know, uh, you hear me say often that at the end of the day, it's just going out for a run and it's just running, you know. But um, I think I am realizing more and more, especially during this time, how important having an active lifestyle can be, not just to your physical, but to your mental. <laughs> I mean, the, some the favorite part of my day is when I either I usually either run midday or at the end of the day, and I really look forward. Sometimes both. Um, I'm even getting out and walking my dog more. You know, usually it's just take him outside, let him do his thing, come back in. But now we go for a one mile loop walk around our neighborhood. And so, um, you know, the physical is, is extremely important and all the benefits of running, but I think the mental part of it is becoming more and more apparent to people. Getting fresh air 
you know, yeah. getting your body moving, getting blood circulating, breaking up the day, <laughs> the long days of staring at a computer. And I know you you do a lot of work with children. Um, I know that women women's health in particular is kind of near and dear to your heart. Are you missing your kids now? What What is everybody doing? Well, um, one of my favorite roles is I'm the race manager for Girls on the Run Atlanta. And we were slated to have our Girls on the Run 5K this past weekend. Well, depending on when this airs. Let me say that again. We were slated to have our Girls on the Run 5K at the end of April. And I was extremely proud and honored to be a part of just a major pivot. Girls on the Run, the program side of it, they adapted all of their programs to be virtual and at-home workouts. So we were able to keep the girls engaged in their programming side. So it's a 12-week program that leads up to the 5K. And then we put on, Carmen, a kick-butt virtual event the final weekend of April. The girls had an opportunity to either run or walk a 5K or just do 30 to 40 minutes of activity in their home. And we provided Zumba workouts, HIIT workouts, yoga workouts there was a, a, a health tutorial and there was all kinds of like instagram live videos and ways for them to engage so you know all, although the in-person event is the ultimate it's it's so much fun i really look forward to that event twice a year we made the best lemonade out of lemons that you, you could possibly you imagine with that event so a huge shout out to girls on the run i'm really really proud to be a part of that organization and, and had the opportunity. I even got to DJ. They had me DJ in car. <laughs> you got some good music choices. Yeah, it was I, I, I see pretty it. fun. I, was, I told him that was a one-hit wonder situation. But, you know, that was the part they needed me to play on, on race morning. And I did it. And it was fun. So... Okay, yeah. wait, was race morning still at like 8 a.m.? What, at what think, time does the race We kicked it off at there? 9, so you got to sleep in a little uh, bit. Oh, there you go. See, I told you. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got up Thank and, you for yeah, I got up and prepped my, my ones and twos at about 7.30, made sure, you know, my sound equipment was right, <laughs> a.k.a. jam box and, a, and an iPhone. <laughs> yes. So I've been asking every woman in leadership that I interview for this series about, um, you know, recovering good self-care, mm-hmm. having four parts, right? Because we want to make sure that women who help us stay healthy are healthy themselves. Yes. And we want to prevent women from putting themselves last when situations like this one where everyone's trying to pivot, everyone's trying to make sure everybody else is all right, and especially women like you who put so much into our community. We want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And so... I just wondered if you had identified with one of the personas within the series. So do you need a reminder what they what the three choices are? Yeah, go run through them for me real yeah. quick. So we have first responders. And that's not necessarily just people like Dr. Bendick who are responding in the emergency room to the pandemic, but also um, women who may be like you, who are having to really change the business model or um, make decisions that are affecting the bottom line of their organizations in the midst of so much change and very high stakes that we're playing for. We also have uh, the persona of the juggler. So a woman who really all of a sudden has been thrust into new sets of responsibilities or new expectations that require her to toggle between maybe her personal and professional lives. And then the weather vane where the the changes at play have not necessarily really changed the way she's living her life or running her business at this juncture, but she knows that the change is going to come. It just hasn't necessarily hit yet. Do one of those three types of women resonate with you? Are we allowed to have a combination? Of course. Because okay. I will say this, um, Carmen, I gave some some really good thought. And first of all, thank you for, for creating those identifiers because I think it's important during this time for women to be able to put a... I don't want to say a name, but a term to how you're feeling. And the first... Your definition of the first responder, I think, gives a lot of, like amazing like hey I'm experiencing these things and it's okay so first of all thank you for that but I I feel like going into 2020 I was extremely excited and I'm still excited about this year so I feel like I'm a bit of a weather vane because 
I, I was in a good position. I still think I am in a great position because of the, the partnerships and the community that I'm involved in, but also a first responder because we've had to adapt how we communicate, how we motivate, and how we activate our community. But I think there are people who are in in situations where they're struggling financially, they're struggling with their mental health, they're struggling with juggling, you know, children. I, I can't even say, I don't know how <laughs> women with children are making it right now, but I give them all the credit. So I, I would say that, you know, we are... I can be a beacon of uh, hope and light and, and motivation for first responders by being a weather vane. So hope I didn't oh, this is hope cool. I didn't cheat on the identifiers, but that's no, how I feel. this is really cool. Yeah. I'm so excited. Okay, so you're the first weather vane I've interviewed. Yeah, yes. Okay, I'll take that. Very cool. I'm 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 actually really thrilled to know that you feel mm-hmm. like that. Um maybe adaptability is just like inside your blood or mm-hmm. something. You just go around like putting out fires as a matter of course, and it doesn't stress you out. <laughs> so, so a weather vane. All right. So before COVID-19 like changed everything, what was your stress management program like? Has it, has it had to change? I'm guessing running must be part of your stress management program. Well, the thing that's um, kind of cool is that I've been able to run more and run with a different purpose now. So I had several races planned for the spring and the fall. So of course you're running when you're, when you have a race come up, it's okay, okay, I got to train for this race. Now I'm just running just to enjoy it. And I've always ran just to enjoy it. So it's changed. The focus of my kind of self-care plan has changed, but it's, it's a lot of the same things that I would have been doing. So, you know, um, taking breaks during throughout the day, throughout the work days. My work days are usually pretty all over the place. You know, not having to sit in traffic is is a welcome <laughs> welcome change. But that's been replaced with back to back to back to back to back Zoom calls and meetings and emails. Like I'm constantly attuned to my email and my phone throughout the day. So having to take those breaks between emails and Zoom calls versus taking a break like. You mentioned how being in your car can sometimes be a nice transition. And I realized that like I used to use the time in my car to like listen to the podcast or listen to, you know, uh, AM radio. I don't really listen to music too much in my car or just ride in the car and have nothing on. And so you don't have that time in the car. Now that's got to be replaced by something else. So it's it's different focuses. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so weather veins, <laughs> interesting. Can you uh, name some of the causes of stress that you're experiencing? I mean, you mentioned, you know, the lack of traffic is really a bummer for transition time, but it's good in other yes. ways. And as a weather vein, you must be feeling a pretty high level of personal energy. And I have to say, I am so happy to find you feeling good, my friend. So definitely, um, I'm missing my running buddies, the human contact, the the meetups, the high fives, the hugs. Absolutely. You know, I don't believe I took for granted those things, but I definitely realize how important it is just to be able to have human contact eye to eye by like the aura of people. So I definitely am grieving that. Um, and, and having a busy schedule, I think I thrived on having a busy schedule. So I miss that tremendously yeah. yeah yeah isn't it amazing how um, spontaneous interactions really fill out life right yes especially with runners I think if you're a runner you really understand that mm-hmm. now definitely people think of runners often as um, lone wolves especially distance runners as I know you mm-hmm. are um, but I think it's so interesting how you've you've made it so social and you know so many runners here in the Atlanta area um, I understand why you would miss them. They are some cool people. Yeah. And, you know, I've always had a good balance between I run by myself a couple times a week and I have my groups. And then, of course, there's races. So now it's pretty much all solo running. And so I found some great joy in my solo running and found different ways to to solo run. I have runs around my neighborhood. You know, there's still a few places that you can drive to and go and run, you know. Um, so I try to get in at least one one or two runs where I drive somewhere, maybe go to Midtown and just run on the empty streets of Peachtree. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you're just taking just running in the street. You take good pictures. <laughs> take good pictures. Just running down the middle of Peachtree Road. When will you ever get to do that again? Not on a race day. Oh my goodness, good idea. Maybe I can run 12 feet away from you yeah. or something wearing a mask, and we'll just both enjoy yes. that. That could be good. <laughs> so yeah, so there's definitely that. And then something that I can honestly say that I'm somewhat fearful of is getting out of the routine of. Um, of, of like, like you mentioned, like getting up early in the morning and I don't want to get comfortable in being behind a computer. So I don't know if we can simulate those things. And, you know, I also don't want our community to get complacent with being alone and, you know, not interacting with people. So when we do have large gathering, I don't think this is going to happen, but it's something we have to think about. But when we do, when we are able to resume large gatherings and, you know, go to sporting events, go to concerts and festivals. I don't want people to be fearful to interact with folks, you know? I mean, have you had that experience yet where you kind of like run into, maybe you're at the grocery store and you run into someone and you're like, you won't even, yeah, you won't even break a a six foot barrier with people. And that, yeah, even if I'm wearing a mask, they, they like everybody, we're like, oh, hi. And then there's like an impulse to come together and then we both step back from each other and it, yeah, I, I'm grieving that. That, that, um, that scares me that that will become the new normal. So I, I really have a, a genuine fear of that. One of the stressors of the weather vein that we've pinpointed within the system is sometimes the weather vein is so empathetic that um, weather veins endure the stress that others are incurring mm-hmm. and the, the problems of other people. Is that happening to yeah. you? I mean, I've had to think a ton about when we are able to come back and host our events, what are the things that are going to make people comfortable to show up to a group run or show up to a race? So the empathy has to be at the highest alert because you have to think of the most scared person and what they're going to be comfortable with all the way to the person. It's like, you know what? I've just been waiting for Mayor Bottoms to say we can go out again, you know? So, um, but yeah, yeah. that's definitely a legitimate legitimate feeling you know I'm thinking about all the different comfort levels of our community and how we can accommodate them so how charged was your battery before we had to socially distance were you like pretty far yeah I told you we were slated to have one of the best years we had some great sponsors and, and I shouldn't say had we still have those sponsors are all we have not had one sponsor bail on us this year which I'm extremely I'm extremely grateful for um but yeah I mean I was ready to go we had just come off the Olympic trials weekend I just ran the public's half marathon which you know is, is an annual race I've done that race nine times now it was I mean I was excited our first event of the year the top golf 5k was scheduled two weeks um after the the official shutdown or stay at home orders, so yeah, I was geared up and ready to go, Carmen. You know, it was it was exciting times. Yeah. We were actually scheduled to have our first planning meeting for the race on, I believe it was March thirteenth, which was the day that the Boston Marathon got canceled and the NBA. Sorry, the March Madness got that same day. So yeah, I I'm really grieving all those poor. Um, Boston qualifiers. Yeah. Sorry, not canceled. Postponed. Their... Technically, it's postponed. So yeah, I know it's technically postponed, yeah. but you know, when you're not there running on Patriots yeah. Day, I mean, I would, I would have been so disappointed after all that hard work yeah. and all, all of the excitement of Patriots yeah. Day in Boston. Ugh, awful. Um, I don't know if you know this, Tess, but I ran. Uh, I qualified for the Boston Marathon in 2016, mm-hmm. and I ran the 2017 Boston, and it's an event unlike any yes. other. Oh, I, I follow your your running career. I know your your stats. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about how, like, the Hello Health prescription for weather mm-hmm. veins. Okay, because we want to make sure that you feel as good as you feel now and even better on the other side of this. And but I see your smiling face right now and I just wanna see you and running nerds come through in an even stronger position with even more capabilities as a company. And I know you do yes. too. And I know that you know that 
putting your own oxygen mask on first is of utmost importance. Can you give us some ideas on how you do one thing for yourself first thing in the morning? Um, well, like I mentioned, um, going for that walk, and I usually take my dog. Yeah, I always take my dog. He won't let me leave the house without him in the morning. But I've been um, in the habit of getting up and taking a one-mile walk. I have a, a great neighborhood, very little traffic, um, and that's something I look forward to in the morning. Where I mean, I'm not going to lie, I used to drag out of bed. I've never been a morning person. And when I say morning, we're talking seven, eight o'clock. I'm not up at like five in the morning. <laughs> but uh, that's my first thing I do to kick off my day. And I've really found that it's, you know, it's a great way to start the day. Instead of only waking up when you've got, okay, I've got an appointment at nine. Let me get up at 830, brush my teeth, comb my hair and go to my appointment. I like to have that time to ease into the day. So um, one thing that I've been talking to a lot of my running community members about is things that we, uh, habits that we can establish during the pandemic that will carry over into our new normal lives. And so trying to practice what I preach there, and I could definitely see that being something that I keep going, you know, once the schedule starts to ramp up again, making time in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Are you bookending your day? So um, we're telling everybody just because you're a weather vane doesn't mean that you don't start with the fundamentals Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, you you're glamping in our opinion. Right. (laughs) So you've you've created this really great party tent. You got the lights hung. You got place for everybody. You're like sleeping in a nice cozy bed, (laughs) even though it's still a tent and it's temporary. Yeah, I hear you. I'm so envious. So are you actually bookending your day by creating a positive focus? Like, how do you celebrate your wins and your achievements for that yes. day? Well, um, I'll admit it was tough in the beginning, that first couple of weeks, because trying to figure out, you know, what is my purpose right now? My, my purpose in life is to bring people together. <laughs> and I'm being told I can't do that. So having to figure out different ways and more creative ways to continue that purpose So um, I look at wins as, was I able to communicate with someone today? Was I able to put some kind of positive messaging out there today? Because one thing that we have to be mindful of are people who are closing themselves off off to the world Um, and thinking about those people who you don't see on social media or you're not, you know, getting to pick up the phone or jumping in on Zoom birthday party, whatever, you know, you're doing. So, um... I look at a win each day. I look at that by the end of the day. And I've been journaling, Carmen, which I'm really proud of myself. I've been I literally wow. writing down, like, how my days have gone um, every day. Wow. That's big for me because I'm, like I said, I'm more of a, like, do it and try Go. to remember it kind of person. I'm so shocked. Yeah, yeah I know. You're, you're so doing journaling. it. How, how, what are the benefits? Um, you know, have you noticed? Uh, definitely being able to reflect because if I don't write down what I did, I will not remember. Like I missed um, April 8th, but I cannot tell you what I did on April 8th. You know, that was what, almost a month ago. So writing it down helps me to remember. And it also gives me a chance to go back and like I write down at least one, like how I'm feeling statement. Um, so it's been great to see the progression of how I felt about all of these things. So, yeah, highly yeah, recommend that yeah. practice. Oh, fantastic. So the third step is to invest in sleep. Mm-hmm. You sleeping all yes. right? That, that is one thing you never have to worry about me. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I usually I usually beat my husband to bed every every morning. He usually has to wake me up. So um, but I have had a couple of, of restless nights when I'm when I start to worry about things. Um, like I said, in the beginning of all this, it was a process for me to figure out, like, what's my purpose right now? Um, but once I kind of figured that out and and started um, operating in that purpose, yeah, I sleep like a baby. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm so glad. We've discussed uh, sun and solitude. Um, do you feel that you're getting too much solitude? I think we're all getting too much solitude. You know, um, whether it be your home alone or your home with the same people every day. And, you know, just going back to one of my legit fears is that we get used to that and, and not remember what it's like to be around people. Um, you know, I can go four or five days straight 
without leaving the house. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's scary to think that we would become a nation that's comfortable with not interacting at a high level. Yeah, I hear you. I really do. What can we do? Um, Because I know you just you just know everybody, Tess. Like there's like nobody, especially if if the person runs, there's like nobody you don't know. Yeah, I know runners. Um, So thanks. You're one of the most connected people. (laughs) So I wonder how we can help because with with the sun and solitude many times our leaders just need like a second to themselves um but for you you actually thrive off of the energy of others and so it's the strategy we're asking folks to use is use is to be alone but not lonely Mm -hmm. do you feel like the thing that you're worried about most it sounds to me is um loneliness and people just being used to like loneliness as a matter of course. Do you do you feel lonely sometimes? Hmm. I think I do a good job of if I'm heading down that road, I'll pick up the phone and call someone or I'm known for like sending people Zoom invites like, hey, I'm in here. Come say hi. <laughs> um, Add me to the list. And, you know, even, you know, I'm blessed that I do have my husband here with me and we, we still like each other through six weeks of um, being constantly under each other. Um, you know, I've got my pet. So having a pet is good. So I won't say that I'm lonely, but I definitely recognize when I'm going down that road, you know, you've got to keep yourself open to communication with people. So, yeah. And then that so... So wonderful, by the way. Wonderful. I like love hearing this. It's so I you should see that. Can you see my smile? (laughs) So happy. (laughs) Um, Okay. so how about this one? The next step is to create a backstage Mm -hmm. where you brain share around problems you're trying to solve. And what we're asking folks to do in particular is to avoid commiserating in your backstage area with people that you trust, who are going through the same things that you are, and instead really shifting towards identify the obstacles and the ways that they might be um, worked around, or you can go under them, over them, shatter them with a hammer, however you can get over them. Is that something that you're actively doing? So I would say, and this is definitely not trying to smooze you, but you know, I've found different voices that I like to hear on a regular basis. So listening to podcasts like Hello Health Today, I'm a big fan of, you know, I I believe you do need to stay informed of the news. You don't have to be obsessed with it. So I have a few news outlets that I like to listen to that like, um, I think uh, Sanjay Gupta has a a really great podcast Mm -hmm. where he gives like a 10 to 15 minute story around what's going on. It's not just, here's the facts, here are the number of deaths, here are the number of cases. It's very heartwarming. So I love listening to um, certain news outlets. And again, you know, I can't emphasize enough just connecting with your friends and family. You know, I've had more um, <laughs> communication with some of my family members, out-of-state family members, than I would have otherwise, which it's, it's a shame, but it's also a, a huge bonus. You know, it's forced us to, to reach out. And then, you know, even like I said, my partners, um, you know, having... Having that conversation with each of them, I think, was really powerful because the news would have you think that everyone is suffering and on the street and in food pantry lines right now. But and not to not to, you know, um, downplay the some of the suffering that's going on, but a lot of people are doing the best that they can possibly do and doing okay during this time. So knowing that people, some people and most people are doing okay, I think helps, you know, to keep things moving in a positive direction. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So you're kind of interesting in that with your backstage, you are really filtering for the kinds of narratives coming into your headspace. Mm-hmm. Is that yes. right? And, and again, that was a process because at the beginning, like many of us, I was watching every news outlet. I was watching press conferences. I was on every race director forum, and I'm on a couple of race director forums where they're uh, worldwide, so everyone's race getting canceled, everyone worrying about the future, and da-da-da-da, and participants getting mad at races because they're canceling and not giving money. Like, it was a lot of information overload, and I think I took one weekend where I said, you know what, I'm not going to 
listen, watch, log into anything, and I reset myself. And then I was very picky about what I let back in. And I, that's when I actually discovered your podcast. Um, I think you posted something on Facebook about the... It, it, you probably have been posting about it, but you know how al- algorithms are. Oh, <laughs> yes. no, I'm terrible at posting yeah. about it. No, you caught the first yeah, one. Yeah, and I said, um, <laughs> oh, let me see what Dr. Carmen's talking about. Because I knew you were going to give some real <laughs> perspective. So, um, you know, I've, I've even cleaned up my podcast subscription list. Like, there's some podcasts that I was subscribed to that, you know... I just deleted them and I added some some new ones. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm so, yeah. handling things perfectly, but I think I'm in a healthy place and I hope to model that for other women and other entrepreneurs and other runners too. Oh gosh, I don't think you ever have to worry about modeling. <laughs> you you just do that and it's just like inside your natural fiber of your being, Tess. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about this like this last step for weather veins that we're recommending, and you've already alluded to it, but it's to practice being. And what we mean by that is so much we don't know when we think about and stay focused on the future. So there's a lot of uncertainty, just that's the way it is. It's going to be like that for us, unfortunately, for as long as we can see this Mm -hmm. year. And so anticipation, unfortunately, can cause quite a lot of fear and stress. And then there's looking backwards where, well, it used to be this way. And when we think of the things that that we've lost that may not come back again, it gives us a pause and it keeps us kind of frozen back in mm-hmm. time. And so what we're asking all weather veins to do is to really start to practice being one of the things we've actually asked people to do is start a journal, Mm -hmm. which you've already alluded to. Um, So you're, you're way ahead, Tess. You're just way ahead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So journaling helps us all stay inside today, inside the moment. Are there other things that you do that keep you inside the present or allow you to practice pulling yourself out of future focus or out of past thinking? So, of course, you know, I run. So that has been a very pleasant outlet every day, um, trying to do more actual strength training workouts and things of that nature. But I'm not... Wait a second. Wait, can you pause for just a second? How far do you actually run? Um, So I do... I've been doing this thing the last four weeks where I try to do 26 miles over the course of the week. So I break it up and do... Well, 26.2. So... um, I try that breaks down to usually like a four, a six, a couple of threes. I count dog walking in that. So if I walk dog for a mile, that counts. And then that leaves me with a long run on the weekend. So my long runs have been anywhere from eight to um, 13. I did a half marathon last weekend. So So by yourself? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. All of my runs have been solo runs. Okay, so so you're running and you feel really present when you run that far, especially. Oh, I love, you know, it, it was great getting out there and running a hat. And I just ran a random course. I started in Castleberry Hill neighborhood and just went wherever the roads took me. I know the roads really well, of course. So, um, but yeah, so that's something obviously. And then I'm not going to lie, Carmen, and you might not like this, but sitting in front of the TV and just vegging out on some ridiculous show is one of my favorite. That's what I look forward to every day. Like everyone cover your ears. Binge, oh no. Binge watching. And you, the series out there that you name it, I've watched them. Like I'm actually like, I need more recommendations on things. So, I mean, I, no, yes, no, that's terrible. I love it. Just give me some mindless TV and I veg out. And then I have been, cracking open a couple of books too um that um have been sitting and collecting dust for the last couple of years because I've just been too busy to read them um so that's been great and um you know spending time with my husband you know that's always like I say he works all day I work all day and then we come together in the evening um I'm also proud to say that I have not eaten out since the stay-at-home order we've eaten every single meal Make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah, we haven't ordered takeout or been to... Actually, I took that back. I went to Chick-fil-A one time. One time in in the whole six weeks. So so that's been nice. Um, You know, having meals at home and cooking for yourself and all that good stuff. So, Do you enjoy cooking for yourself? Yes. um, 
I, I still, I definitely miss being able to go out to eat a couple times a week because I enjoy going out to eat as well. But um, it's a nice, that's kind of the end of my day when I know I'm done working for the day. I'll either go for a run and then come back home and cook or if I've ran already, I'll stop and start cooking. So, you know, Tess, it is no, um, it is no surprise to find you an entrepreneur, solving problems, taking really good care of yourself, and really capitalizing on the time that you have available to connect with the people that you love best of all. I'm so happy to hear that your good self-care has always been there, um, has only been strengthened, and I really appreciate you chatting with me today about that. Do you have um, action steps that you would be willing to share with our listeners? Yeah, so I think we've definitely hit on a lot of these. And if if I was just going to give kind of two or three takeaways, one, getting up and walking or running, whatever your, you know, preference and your body capabilities, but at the very minimum, getting outside and walking. I can't express enough how great that is just to break up the day, especially if you are not experiencing that transition time driving to and from um i think it's easy for us to start work and then finish at the time that we normally would have finished but you got to remember you had breaks in your day if you were going to the office or going to you know traveling across town so getting out and walking um having a firm cutoff time to your to your day is extremely important um work shouldn't carry over into the evening and I'm guilty of doing that. So this is not something I'm saying I do perfectly, but it's something I strive for every day. And then enjoying the connections with your friends and favorite artists. I mean, there's a lot of great entertainment and content that's going on on social media. So using social media as a positive outlet, I think is is really special right now. I mean, when else are you going to hear Babyface and Teddy Riley battle it out? Like they wouldn't have done that you know, outside of COVID. I mean, Erica Badu's put on some concerts, um, some of our favorite local artists. Um, Atlanta Track Club just hosted a, a Q&A with Ma- Molly Sadell, who's the second place finisher in the Olympic trials. And so I got to listen to her answer questions for an hour on Instagram. So, you know, and then connecting with my friends, I've had, how many Zoom birthday parties have you been to since... Oh, no, I'm not being Oh, invited. I've been to like six. <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, I told yeah. you, you're super connected. I can get you on the invite list for some Zoom birthday parties. Oh, good. All right. So, um, <laughs> you know, taking advantage of those opportunities and, you know, at the end of the day, just not closing yourself off. So those would be my tips. And hopefully those can be useful to, to others out there and move forward through this time. Oh, goodness. Tess, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your passion for running, for women, especially black women in leadership. Um, I really appreciate you modeling such positive uh, enthusiasm for all of us. I'm really looking forward to seeing the race and how it transforms this year. What are you thinking about as you look at the fall? Well, the fall is a tricky time, as you know. Um... Because, again, and these are buzzwords now, but with so much uncertainty in the world about how we're going to proceed with large gatherings. So the race, what we're doing is we're planning for all scenarios. We're planning for if the the disease magically disappears and everybody goes back to normal, you know, that's the optimal. Uh, And let me just uh, preface by saying the race is, is scheduled for October, the first week in October. So we've got a significant amount of time. Um, and we're also planning for, you know, restrictions are, um, lessened. However, there's still going to be a lot of hesitancy in the world for people to participate because the race, we draw people from all 50 States. So people are traveling, um, they're flying in, they're booking hotels. So we're planning for that scenario. And then we're also planning for the scenario of if we are not able to host the race as a live event. And what would a virtual event look like? So one of the things that we are... A virtual race. A virtual race. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's very different. And there's there's been a lot of um, models of how that can look. And we want to create something that is unique and still very impactful for our community. Because the race is... It's a different different race because of the audience that we draw. And our, our number one 
purpose and mission for the race is support the communities that we run through. And we run through the west side neighborhoods of Atlanta, which are a lot of the historically black neighborhoods. Um, we also um, work with a lot of charities and organizations that do good work in those neighborhoods. So we want to maintain that purpose with whatever we do. So, and another aspect of the race is supporting black owned businesses. So 90% of our partners and sponsors for the race are black owned businesses and companies. So one of the things that we are definitely doing, regardless of the scenario that we end up hosting the race, virtual, scaled, or all out as planned, uh, we want to create some virtual sponsorship opportunities for businesses to support the race because as you mentioned, we want to be here in 2021. So we want to sustain, we want to be a strong company, a strong event, a strong organization. So we want to give businesses an opportunity to partner with us and support us and be on the other side with us saying, hey, we went through this tough time together and here we are supporting our community. So I'm excited about rolling out that program and that opportunity to some of our local businesses here in Atlanta and the world. Well, keep Hello Health Clinic in mind as you advance and as you move forward, because you know you have my full support, um, and I'm sure Hello Health Clinic would be able to step out as a sponsor for a virtual event if you open those up, okay? Thank so, you. So we um, thank you for inspiring all of us and keeping us all motivated through this very challenging time. Likewise. If you like what you hear on Hello Health today, please support the show. You can do that by taking some time right now to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Subscribe now so Hello Health today is automatically loaded into your feed. You can find us anywhere your audio is found. However, you do have to squish the word hello and health together without a space. Hello Health, then the space today. Until next time, remember, today is good, even if... We're under fire. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.